On today's episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast, we're going to do a quick review of learning teams, kind of back to the basics, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Here we go. to another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd LLC. Make sure you head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com for fundamentals, learning teams, support, and so much more. Send us an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com, and be sure to follow along with us on all things social media at the Hop Nerd or at Sam Goodman. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Hot Nerd Podcast. I'm so happy to get to be here with you for a, another episode. I'm pumped. I'm always pumped to get to have these conversations with you. Thank you for being you, and thank you for being the best part of the Hot Nerd Podcast. It is just absolutely awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about learning teams, but before we do, head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media. Just find me, Sam Goodman, over on LinkedIn. That's mostly where I post crap. You know this. I post most of my stuff there, post some stuff on YouTube, and if you want to uh, get a more behind the scenes, I guess, and what I mean by that is me just re sharing mostly not even coming up with crap but me mostly resharing memes you can go follow me on instagram at <laughs> the hot nerd it's mostly just kind of stuff like that uh, it's, it's in that order it's in that order and everything else that comes beyond that is rare if ever you will i mean i pup I've put some stuff on TikTok. I don't really do it ever. I put some stuff on the platform formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> I put some stuff on on X every now and again, but it's it's pretty rare, pretty rare. So follow along there. And my 2024 is is busy already and getting busier. So if you need a hand, make sure you send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com or head over to the website. You can click on book and initial consult, schedule some time on the calendar. You can go over and request a quote if you want to do it that way. It's super duper easy. Try to make it as as easy as possible. Most folks just send me an email and we set up some time or you throw some time on the calendar and we just have a chat and we figure out what you need and if I'm the right person to help you and uh, we go from there. I would love to be your trusted partner on your human and organizational performance journey. I've been working with folks all over the spectrum of industry. I mean, if you name it, I've kind of sort of been there lately and uh, it's been a blast and I would love to be that person to help you as well. I'm getting ready to be all over the map, so I'm going to try my best to post where I'm at and when I'm there. So, you know, I, meetups are always cool, meeting up with other hot practitioners, getting together. If there's some book clubs happening in the regions that I'm in, I would love to be a part of those, obviously. Uh, and so if you see those postings, uh, just reach out to me and we'll see if we can pull something, you know, together. We'll see if we can make a meetup happen or something like that. I'm going to be all across the United States. Uh, I, I mean, here, there, and everywhere. I spend a lot of time on the East Coast and in the Midwest. Uh, and then this year I'm going to be all over the Southwest and in Alaska and a bit in Canada. And it looks like I'm going to be a bit in certain parts uh, of Africa and in Brazil. And I'll be spending a little bit of time in Chile and, and just all, all over the globe this year. I'm dead serious. I'm going to be a little bit of everywhere. So if I'm in your hometown, at the very least, send me good recommendations for food and coffee. And uh, and if you want to, we can always meet up and grab a quick bite and talk. Hot. So, 
let's start maybe right here around learning teams. Um, I don't feel the need to go back to the complete basics of learning teams. We've got tons of episodes of that. You can go check that out. But you can go check out some of the articles that we have over on the website as well. But the few key pieces that I want to share with you is really this. These kind of five key ideas of learning teams. And the first one for me is that operational reality lives nearest to the work. Because operational reality can only live nearest to the work. Those folks that experience, live with, work on this stuff in our world each and every day, if you want to know more about Process XYZ, you need to spend time with the person that lives with Process XYZ, that keeps Process XYZ running, even when it tries real hard not to, all the time. You know, that kind of operational reality, a lot of times sounds like that story that we say all the time of, yeah, when it starts making that noise, oh, you feel that? You feel that? You feel it on the floor? You feel it? That little vibration, that pump, that pump's getting ready to mess up. When that pump makes that noise or it starts making that vibration, you got to turn it on and off twice real fast. You got to hit it with the ball peen hammer with the ball side of that. Then you got to spit on it and then it runs good for about a month after that. That's operational reality. Uh, that kind of stuff can only live near to the work. Those folks know where they have to make do, adapt, work around, uh, overperform, underperform, bend the rules, break the rules just to get work done. Now, the second piece of this, the second key idea here is that seeking to understand lived operational reality affords us opportunities to improve. We discover pain points and problems and issues and, and on. And we discover great stuff where we need to expand some of those great things that are already happening. But seeking to understand gives us those opportunities to improve. And a lot of times, if we're out there being curious about normal work, being curious and seeking to understand, a lot of times it gives us opportunities to improve the context of work pre-event, which is kind of sort of cool. Now, the third one of these the deeper we learn about operational reality, the better our improvement strategies will be. If we're not seeking to understand operational reality from the subject matter experts of that reality, a lot of times we are really operating, our improvement strategies are built on operational fantasy. It's, it's the land of make-believe, leave, leave. Right, And we're just guessing. At the very best, they're best guesses. So the deeper we learn, the more we introduce operational reality into our improvement strategies, the better those improvement strategies will be. And a couple of these, this one we kind of know, we're better at solving problems together. It's varied perspectives, diverse and varied perspectives, different ideas and different thoughts, different opinions, different perspectives. It's cool. <laughs> it's about as good as it gets. That's what you want. You don't want everybody going, yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. You want yes, no, you're full of crap. Tell me why. Yeah, you want, no, 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 no. Let's just talk about it. No, maybe. I'm not sure. We talk about maybe, right? You want that healthy, robust, professional arguing. That's good. We want that in our world, especially when we're talking about stuff that matters. That's definitely what we want. We want to be able to put our heads together. We want to bring those diverse perspectives together. And then number five is providing that deliberate time and space for reflection. It's super duper important. You never want to skip it when it comes to this process. Right? We never want to try to squeeze learning teams into a day. We never want to extend them out so far with that soak time that we forget why the hell we're even there, right? So for me, it always tends to be about a day. If we have about a day of soak time, if I have the meeting on Tuesday, we're going to do same place, same time tomorrow. That seems to work just about the best, at least from what I found with, with doing learning teams. That seems to be really about the sweet spot for these things. 
But that deliberate soak time, it gives me time and space to think. It lets stuff bubble to the surface. It takes off some of that pressure of me looking at you going, give me the answer and give it to me right now, because that always works real well, right? It's that driving home after one of those meetings, and I'm going, God, it just hit me what it is. If we move that two foot that way, we don't have this problem anymore. It's that. It's powerful. Never, 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 never skip it or turn it into get rid of it or squeeze it down to where people don't have enough time to think. Now, a few key ingredients, and we won't dive into these in a lot of detail. Again, we have a lot of stuff out there on them that you can go check out on the website. There's a lot of folks that write a lot about this stuff as well. I would encourage you to go to check out Bob Edwards' book on Learn Teams. It's a great, 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 great resource as well. But a few key ingredients, an environment in which honesty is possible. People have to be able to tell you the truth, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the scary. We need good operational curiosity from the facilitator and up and throughout the organization, right? The organization needs to genuinely be operationally curious. That a lot of times comes with a healthy dose of getting over our fofo, right? Fear of finding out. We need some better questions. The can you teach me? Can you show me? Those kind of questions. With this prioritization of learning, moving learning to the priority bucket, right? Learning is the key here. Not output, not 37 corrective actions, but better questions focused on true, deep, meaningful learning. Operational curiosity, right? So giving people time and space to think, ponder, reflect. We mentioned that. The goal, this is that prioritization. The goal is learning. The goal of a learning team is learning. It's not to have 17 corrective actions. Will you have corrective actions sometimes? For sure. Will you have ideas for improvement? For sure. Will you have those things? For sure. And if you have zero and you had a great learning team, guess what? It's still a good learning team. You still met the goal. Learning is still learning. It still makes us operationally, organizationally smarter, even if we don't have a 47-page report out. It's just that's how this works. Micro-experimenting trying stuff on for size, giving it a shot, experimenting in the small scale, in the safe-to-fail setting, making sure things work, making sure that we're avoiding at least as many of them as we can, these unintended side effects. Yes, 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 please. That's how we avoid buying 47 pallets, like a million dollars worth of gloves, and then putting them in the hands of the people that need to use them, and they all tell us we're full of crap and they don't use them. (laughs) That's how we avoid buying stuff like foam-sealed safety eyewear in high-humidity environments <laughs> because we thought it was a good idea. And then people say, yeah, those things that you call spoggles, we call them foggles. Yeah, because they suck. <laughs> That's how we avoid going down this path of, air quotes, fixing stuff that doesn't actually fix stuff or sometimes make stuff a whole bunch worse. Micro-experimenting is your friend. Giving things a shot, it is your friend. Don't, don't avoid it. Don't just throw stuff out there. Play with it. Experiment. See what happens. Good, 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 good stuff. Last but not least, in kind of our back to the basics, little little recap, just a little recap of learning teams. I want to caution you against overcomplicating stuff. That's what I see more than more than not within a lot of organizations is this desire to overcomplicate things. As soon as we try a learning team on for size, it works well for us. Then we go out and we do another one and it worked well for us. And next, like the third step in that process is always now we must draft a 47-page procedure and come up with a bunch of rules around learning teams. And then we've got to do that. And then you've got to have all these fucking guidance documents. And we've got to have 47 pages of this. And the form needs to be exactly 12 pages too with a lot of check boxes on it. And it's got to, we've, got to get, we've got to get strict. We've got to tighten up. We've got to get strict with these learning teams. And then almost every organization that does that ends up calling me or someone like me to come help them undo all that. 
So I'm just telling you, avoid that. I, I love spending time with you guys. I do. But there are much more productive things we can do. Right? There's a lot better use of our time together than uh, prying apart the mess that you made from overcomplicated learning teams. Learn, so can improve. Uh, seriously, learn, soak, and improve. The beauty of learning teams, it, it's their simplicity. Right? It's their simplicity. It's obviously the duh stuff that we're involving those nearest to the work. We're extending trust to those nearest to the work by doing learning teams. But then from a leader's perspective, what I always loved about learning teams and continue to love about learning teams is their, their, their simplicity, their efficiency in getting to valuable valuable, meaningful, great, good, bad, ugly, scary, raw, and real, real deal information about work so we can learn and improve. Don't overcomplicate that. That's, that's a big part of their beauty. That's what makes learning teams sexy, right? This is learn, soak, and improve. Now, a lot of times we expand that, prepare, learn, soak, improve, act, right? We talk about that, but it's really the actual learning team cycle should just be learn, soak, and improve. Don't overcomplicate that. Don't make it so fucking corporate-y. Don't make it so crap. Because really, if you're just starting, if you're not doing the stuff that we talked about, if you're not really approaching things from those with those five key ideas that we chatted about and those key ingredients that we're talking about, and you're not sticking with this learning team framework, really what you're doing almost always, what, I, what I've seen almost always, when you go into an organization that's, air quotes, doing learning teams, and they're not sticking to the hot principles, they're not sticking to these better ideas that we've talked about, they're not sticking to these key ingredients that we've talked about, they're not sticking pretty close to that framework that we found pretty good success with, we're usually doing what we've always done. We're doing some form of accident investigation. We're doing some form of five why, some form of causal analysis. And then we're just calling it learning teams. It's become a poster campaign, a sticker campaign, a hearts and minds. We do learning teams now, but you really don't, right? So you might put in a lot of work and then end up just doing what you've always done and calling it something different, which is like nightmare scenario, right? So don't overcomplicate it. Stick with those five things. They're available over in the blog if you want to get like the slide of those and use that, or if you want to get those key ingredients, they're over in the blog somewhere. I don't remember what I called it, but they're in there. You can pull them out. I need to pull them, pull those over in the resource section of the website at some point and don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate the process. Now, with all that being said, that's it. That's all I've got for you today. Short and sweet episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. I really appreciate you hanging out, spending time with me each and every week here on the pod. I appreciate all the emails, all the DMs, all the tags, all the mentions over on social media. If you're liking our posts, if you're sharing our posts, that means a ton to us. If you just tell your friends about this podcast, and if you hate it, tell your enemies about this podcast. If you just share episodes that you like, if you like and interact with our posts on social media, it, that's support. That's hugely supportive of the work that we have going on. And it is very much appreciated from us. Very, I, I personally very much appreciate it. It keeps me from at the very least from feeling like I'm screaming into the void of the internet <laughs> sometimes talking about this stuff and I know I'm not I say that jokingly because I hear so often from so many of you about how you're putting these ideas to use whether you're pulling them out of the book or you're getting the resources off the website or you're sharing the podcast it means a ton to me I don't take that lightly I don't take that for granted so I appreciate you being here until next time it is Sam Goodman the Hot Nerd signing off <gasps> bye everybody bye Thanks 
for listening, everybody. We greatly appreciate all of your support of the Hot Nerd Podcast, the Hot Nerd LLC. If you need a little bit of help of bringing human and organizational performance to life, if you would like to take your efforts around learning and improving to the next level, yep, I can help with that. Head over to www.thehotnerd.com or send me an email, thehotnerd at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, everybody. Bye. And hey, look, I know this is the part of the podcast where I usually just let the music kind of, you know, play out, you know, so you can like rock out, you're pumped, we just did the podcast, we're all headbanging together alone in our cars, so I'm just going to let the music play until it fades out, but I just wanted to hop on and tell you that if you do need a hand in 2024, please let me know as soon as you can, because 2024 is stacking up to be a really hectic year, which is fun. I love it. It's great, but I need a little bit of time to plan it. So if you want to do stuff together in 2024, send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com or head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. You can click those handy dandy links. You can book an initial consult. You can even go in there and just click, get a quote and I, you know, you can send me what you're looking for and we'll make it happen. A little bit of heads up goes a long way because 2024 is going to be wild, crazy, fun, and wild. And I look forward to spending time with each of you over this year. I'm, I'm pumped for it, to be honest with you. And since I kind of ruined your vibe there, I ruined the rock out music. Let's jump right back into that in uh, three, two, one.
This is not a test. This is not a test. Welcome to a secret episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. This is not a test. This is not a test. Welcome to a secret episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Here's your host, Sam Goodman. Welcome to another, another episode of the super secret, super duper secret podcast club, I think is what we're officially settling on the super duper secret podcast club. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, 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 it's, it's that. It's got to be that because I'm, I'm pulling together some of the super duper secret podcast club merchandise. So we're getting ready, right? As you guys are listening to these and you're officially joining the club over at thehopnerd.com slash secret, we're going to get ready to start dropping some cool little stuff in the mail to you guys. So if it's, if it's your first time hearing this, if it's your first time discovering the secret podcast. Welcome. You are officially a member now. By discovering this podcast, you have obtained your base level of membership. And it's cool, right? Here it is. It's hidden in the back end of some of these episodes completely at random. A few things that you need to know if it is your first time here. We have one rule and one rule only. It is the first rule and the last rule. And it is this. The only rule of the Super Duper Secret Podcast Club is this that we do not speak of the Super Duper Secret Podcast Club. That's it. We, 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 we don't speak of it. Now, some other information that you might need to know is that these things are completely random. So uh, c- completely random in where you'll find them, right? So they're on the podcast, but they're random as to what episode you'll find them in. I've had some thoughts about maybe sticking them some other places like on the back end of YouTube videos and you know stuff like that I won't say if we've done that or we haven't done that it's just a thought it's just a thought that's out there but they're also completely random in their subject matter they're mostly going to be some hop stuff it might be some safety stuff it might just be me ranting it might be me sharing some quotes with you it might be me sharing some recent books that I've been reading with you it might just be me hanging out with somebody else and doing a super duper secret podcast club interview that that's not published at least on title you know on the main kind of podcast is hidden hidden deep deep into the dark recesses of the tail end of a podcast episode Uh, but it could be anything so it's going to be all over the map it might be five minutes it might be an hour who knows it's just whatever the heck i feel like and when i feel like doing it and whatever the heck i want to talk about and i'm glad that you've discovered it and that you're a part of it so welcome to the club now the other side of that is is if you want to officially join the club, you have to head over to thehopnerd.com slash secret and sign up. It's super easy. And the only reason why I ask that you do that is for one thing, it helps me know who's listening to the super duper secret podcast club, because I have no clue. I I can't see that part of this, but most important of all, you get the perk, right? You get the perk. And the perk is, as I mentioned, we randomly send out crap, (laughs) randomly mail stuff to people in the club. It might be a hat. It might be a super duper secret podcast club hat. It might be a cool t-shirt. It might be a book and maybe not mine. It might just be a book that I like and I send 
the club members copies of it. I might just pick a person at random and send them a copy of a book that I enjoy. Or it could just be a random anything. Who knows? That's what makes this cool. So make sure that you claim your official membership at thehopner.com slash secret and make sure you don't tell anybody about our super duper little cool club that we got here. So today, what I really wanted to talk about was this is I've been rereading and I just finished. I finished up over my little Christmas break, this rereading of Rick Rubin's book, right? So if you haven't read this book, I really enjoyed it. And it's called The Creative Act. And then it's got like a tagline on it. But just look up Rick Rubin's The Creative Act. And one thing that I really, really appreciate is I've really tried to not read as much safety stuff uh, this year. Uh, really, I, I, I just haven't. Um, and I don't read all that much safety stuff to begin with, to be completely honest with you. As a safety practitioner, that's probably blasphemy. And uh, I don't know, so much of it is dry and boring and just the same old recycled kind of crap. And what I mean by the dry, same old dry and boring, same old recycled crap is if you just pick up any random safety book, it's almost always like you need to teach people to care more about not dying at work. And here's how you improve that through your safety culture. And, you know, all that kind of, you know, dumb stuff, just like kind of puke in your mouth kind of dumb stuff. There's a lot of great books in our community of practice, not to uh, sound too, uh, you know, biased there. I guess I'm a little biased. But most of my reading in the safety space is beyond, right, kind of that more traditional stuff. I've got a lot of traditional safety books that I pour back through and I look over and I've even got old BBS books on the shelf of stuff that's like there's still some nuggets in there. I'm not telling you throw all that crap away, but I guess where I'm really going with this is, is that I really try hard to, uh, deliberately, I try hard to not obsess in the world of safety. I try really hard to not just read safety stuff. I try really hard to not listen to safety podcasts. I mean, I'm completely honest with you. Um, I, do I listen to some? Absolutely. For sure. 110%. Uh, do I listen to them every single day of my life? Fuck no. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. There are books in our world that I could read over and over and over again and pull nuggets of wisdom out of uh, over and over and over again. You know, books like uh, from our near and dear friend Clive Lloyd, books from the goat Todd Conklin, a lot of Sidney Decker's books as well, and Hollenagle, and, and on and on and on. In, in this world, there's there's a lot of really great reads out there that I would encourage you to reread. Uh, I am a re-reader. And the way that I often reread is a lot of times I read a book and then I sit on it for a little while, like not physically. I mean, that might work, um, but I, I sit on it for a minute and then I'll usually download the audio book and I'll listen to it. Uh, and then at some point I'll go back through and like scribble in it. <laughs> it's just, that's just how I onboard information. I, there's a power of rereading. You miss so much stuff in your initial readings of things. I, I know I do at least. I catch myself as I'm reading, kind of hitting like uh, something really, 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 really cool, something really, really, really interesting, something really, really, really deep. And my eyes are still reading the book, but my mind is stuck on the thing that I just read. And I'm diving deeper into that and pondering more about that. And I have to 
physically catch myself and like close the book and then come back and start at the beginning of that paragraph kind of all over again. Um, but that's uh, kind of more of a long story of me getting to why I'm rereading Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act. Um, but where I was really going with this is that the great thing that I find about reading well outside of and taking on information well outside of our little community of practice is that I discover nuggets that are so powerful for our community of practice. There's so many little nuggets and chunks of information and huge swaths of information and ideas and on and on and on and on and on that once you're exposed to kind of these principles of human and organization performance, once you're exposed to these ideas of doing things a bit differently, of doing things, in my opinion, way better than what we've ever done things in the past, this evolution, right, this growth towards a more humanized approach to safety, this approach towards deep operational curiosity and learning, kind of the principles and ideas that all those things are built upon. Once you're exposed to those, you start to see those in many, many, many other places. Yeah. And so a couple quotes that I'd shared on LinkedIn the other day, uh, I'd made this post because you have to make a New Year's resolution post. Just like we talked about on the podcast, if you're a podcaster, you got to do, this is my podcast year in review. And it was the most fucking epic, brilliant. It was a brilliant year and we crushed our goals and we destroyed our competition. And we did amazing things and it was awesome. And oh my God, we're like the best ever rocket ship to the moon. And then like next year, they don't have a podcast, (laughs) but you got to do that, right? You got to be like, be braggadocious toot your horn and and all that stuff that I just don't do very, very much. It's just not, not my thing. We're here doing the work, right? We shared some really cool information about some of the things that we accomplished this year, which was huge. You know, it was great. It was a great year. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, as far as the podcast growing into a business and then the free resources that we provide and the free books that we send out and just the the stuff that we do with the community, and then obviously the growth of that into a business, as we said, you know, it was the best year ever. I don't have to get on here and tell you guys that, like, oh, best year ever. Like, I don't have to, like, have, like, that pew, 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 like that rave horn and then, like, confetti and stupid stuff. <laughs> That's just not just not my style. I think you guys have figured that out <laughs> as, as you've kind of hung out with me over the years. So my, my New Year's resolution post, I'm not a resolutioner either, so my New Year's resolution post was, kind of the anti-resolution post, which was kind of cool. Um, the the one couple really cool things that I shared instead of promises and bullshit and like, here's what I'm going to accomplish. Here's my goals to be like the best hot nerd ever. Like, you know, stuff that we all say that we're going to do then we don't. Like, I've got goals. I've got thoughts. I've got personal goals. They're personal goals, right? And so I'm going to keep them personal <laughs> goals. I'm not going to post them on social media to be like, look at my really extreme cool goals that I'm going to knock out. I'm not going to do that. So what I did instead of that is I shared a few quotes from at least where I was at in the rereading of this book at that point, a few things that really, 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 really stood out to me. Uh, and then there's a bonus one that I posted about uh, a little bit before that as well. If you're not following along on LinkedIn, you should be. It's just Sam Goodman. You can see my ugly mug there. It's easy to find me. The Hot Nerd LLC has a page there as well. We created a separate one for the Hot Nerd podcast that basically nobody has followed. You can go follow that if you want to. Uh, and maybe we'll start posting some stuff over there if you do. Maybe some like super duper secret signals that there's a new episode of the super duper secret 
podcast. Maybe we'll start throwing some clues in there or something. That'd be a good way if you guys know when they're kind of coming out instead of just having to be ever watchful. I don't know. We're just, we're winging this. You know, I'm, I'm, I wing it. I wing it. But here's, here's some of the key pieces that I shared. And they really resonated with me as it kind of comes in back into focus with human and organization performance, learning and improvement. And I posted this directly after, right after we had recorded. I was going for recorded. Right after we recorded, after we recorded, I'm too excited. After we recorded the episode on getting it wrong, then I stumbled across these quotes and I shared them. But the first thing that stood out to me is this, is the work is not about perfection. The work's about the work. All that matters is that you're making something you love to the best of your ability here and now. So let's unpack that a bit. Because in our worlds, we obsess over perfection, especially in our business world. And we shared that during that episode, that a lot of times we get so obsessed with this idea that we have to do hot perfect. And if we can't do it perfect, we're not going to do it at all. That's not how any of this works. Ask anybody that's done this. I would encourage you, like there's some great folks out there that have been on this journey within their organizations for more than a minute, like a lot of them. The first one that comes to mind um, that I'm going to pick on is Josh Bryant. So Josh, if you are a member of the Super Duper Secret Podcast Club, you'll hear me talking about you right now. Um, Somebody that I respect and admire greatly, someone that I'm happy that I get to call a friend, uh, that we gained a friend through this podcast. Josh is just an amazing person doing amazing work, great work for the right reasons over there with Mitchell Services and doing all kinds of stuff in the greater hop community as well. Um, But I promise you, I would almost promise you that uh, if you went and talked to Josh, probably, and follow Josh on LinkedIn, make sure you follow Josh on LinkedIn. If you went over and you talked to Josh and you said, Josh, tell me about your perfect human and organization performance journey. Josh would probably laugh at you. So I'm just not at you, probably with you. Let me put it that way. Josh is entirely too nice to laugh at you. He'd probably probably laugh with you. But it's because anyone that's done this, anyone that has done this within an organization, there is no such thing as doing this perfect. It's just not. It's not. That's not how this works. You stumble and fall and you trip and you go forwards and you go backwards and you go up and you go down. You get it right. You get it wrong. You stumble around and you fail. And you pick, you pick yourself up as an organization and you do it better the next time. And that's how you do it, right? That's how you do it. So that's where these kind of quotes kind of really resonated with me to begin with, was that this work is not about perfection. It's about doing the work. It's about learning your way towards better. It's about learning your way towards improvement. It's about learning your way towards becoming an organization that's a hop-focused or a hop-based organization. It's about doing the work, doing the imperfect work. It's never perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And obviously you pull that into our personal lives. I mean, Rick Rubin is writing from a perspective of art and creation and all these different things, which is a really powerful book. Some of it, let's get real, it gets a little like, like the you know, I'm doing like the singing bowl things. It gets a little bit like beads and incense for me. Uh, And some of those things, which don't get me wrong, I think that stuff is kind of cool. I not my thing, like entirely, but I've got the essential oils and the incense and the beads because I think they look cool. Uh, <laughs> but I've got all that stuff here in the office. It's a pleasant aroma, most certainly. Um, but, <laughs> but now I got completely sidetracked. <laughs> but it's not about perfection. 
whether we're talking hop implementation, whether we're talking about your personal goals, whether we're talking about the work that you're doing every single day, we spin it up in this way of talking about doing good work and doing it for the right reasons. I picked that up from the goat from Todd Conklin. I've heard him say that a bunch, doing good work, doing it for the right reasons. It's not about perfection. It's about the work, good work, good work that we do for the right reasons. All that matters is that you're making something that you love, that you're doing something that you love. If you're a hot practitioner, you should be a passionate hot practitioner. You should be doing it because you love it. Uh, you, you do it because you love it. And you do it to the best of your personal ability. And you always try to hone that skill and hone that ability. Right? We're all learning our way through. There are no gods. There are no gurus. There are no experts. And anyone that tells you that they are, they're full of fucking shit. Period. The best, the best practitioners that I know, the absolute best practitioners that I know in this space would never call themselves a god, a guru, or an expert. We're here, we're learning, and we're doing the work, the imperfect work. We're doing it to the best of our ability. We're doing that good work, and we're doing it for the right reasons. The work is about the work. The journey is not about the end state. It's about the journey. Right? It's, 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 about, it's about the journey. Our obsession, our obsession with output in our world has destroyed so much. Think about that. We can't do hop unless it is clear and measurable and actionable. And we have to be able to put it into our spreadsheet because if we can't demonstrate that it made us go from a 0.25 to a 0.15, then it's just not worth it. Can we not just do some things because of the right fucking things to do? <laughs> is it not just right to take better care of people? Is it not just the right thing to do safety? Because, and safety is probably a strong word. I've been kind of picking on the safety word, trying to get away from it. So shame on me. Shame on me for that. But can we not just care for the people that are entrusted to our care, treating them like human beings, treating them like how we would like to be treated, approaching this in a more humane fashion than what we have before? Can we not just make our work worlds places that do not suck just for the very reason that they shouldn't suck? And can we not just make the world a better place to work just because it should be a better place to work? Can we not just do those things without obsessing over the output and the measure and the... Can we not? Can we not? We can't. So many can't. It moves us away from the focus on the work. We're not so concerned about the work. We're not so concerned about doing the work for the right reasons, doing good work and doing it for the right reasons. We're not so concerned about any of those things. What we're really concerned about is the output, is the measure, is the result. As my dogs scream and yell in the background uh, because Jarrell just got home. I am home. That's crazy. I, I am home for once. But back to the point. The work is about the work. The work, the good work that we do for the right reasons. That's enough. It's just like how we talk about learning. We don't get obsessed about the improvement. We get obsessed about knowing more. We get obsessed about learning. When we talk learning teams, we deliberately prioritize the act of learning because I'm not so concerned with output. Even if I don't have 42 freaking corrective actions and a 37-page report that's going to make some executive in some office on the 20th floor go, oh, oh, God, yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, it's a 32-page report, and it has figures and graphs when it's got trending and little dots on pages, and it's got an Excel spreadsheet, and it has a bunch of corrective actions. Oh, oh. Because just because I don't have that, is it not worth it to just learn more? I think it's worth it. Learning is worth it. The work, tying this back to this, this work, 
The work alone is worth it. It's about the work. It's not about perfection. The goal isn't to attain perfection. Another quote from the book here. The goal is to share who we are and how we see the world. He goes on to cite Oscar Wilde's quote of saying this, that Oscar Wilde said that some things are too important to be taken seriously. Art is one of those things. Setting the bar low, especially to get started, frees you to play, explore, test without attachment to result, right? We're tying it together here. We're getting there. We're getting there. And let, let, me, let me rewrite this for our purposes. Oscar Wilde said that some things are too important to be taken seriously. Hop is one of those things. Setting the bar low, especially to get you started, frees you to play, explore, and test without attachment to results. So to wrap this thing up a little bit, the work's not about perfection. It's about getting started. It's about doing the work, doing good work and doing it for the right reasons. All that matters is that you're doing something that you love, that you know is good work and it's good work that you're doing for the right reasons and you're doing it to the best of your ability here and now. The goal is not about attaining perfection. It's never been about attaining perfection. Oscar Wilde said that some things are too important to be taken seriously. Hop is one of those things. Free yourself. Don't take it so freaking seriously. Set the bar low, especially when you're trying to get started. Focus on playing, on exploring, on testing, on micro-experimenting, and figuring your way out, learning your way towards better. That's how you're going to have to do it anyways. That's how it works. That's absolutely how it works. I would encourage you to read that book. It's a pretty cool book. I, I think it's neat. It's, uh, it's, like I said, it's a little heady. It's a little boom. Um, it's a little, you know, beads and, you know, um, strawberry alarm clock kind of playing in the background. Incense and peppermints and da 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 It's a little bit of that, you know, kind of happening there. But it's Rick Rubin, you know, so what would you expect? Uh, but it's a wonderful book. It's absolutely wonderful. I would encourage you to check it out. Be sure to head over if you have not yet done so and officially join. You are a member already by finding this super duper secret podcast club thing. You are already a member and remember, do not share this. Do not tell people about it. The rule is silence. <laughs> this is the one place where I'll tell you that silence is the rule. But make sure you officially join at thehopner.com slash secret to make sure that you, uh, you know, get in on the action of our cool little like random mail out stuff. You never know what you're going to get or when it's going to happen. You might just roll in, you know, from work one day and there's a cool little care package sitting on your porch. You just never know. It's completely, completely random. And be on the lookout for these episodes. Until next time, it is Sam Goodman, the Hot Nerd, signing out. <gasps> Love you. Mean it. Bye. This has been the Hop Nerd Super Duper Secret Podcast. Thank you for being a member. Be sure to visit thehopnerd.com slash secret and sign up for a chance to receive super secret merch, books, and more. And don't forget, the only rule of the Super Duper Secret Podcast Club, we do not speak of the Super Duper Secret Podcast Club. Goodbye.